0: Good morning, friends. It is so good to be together. Glad you're with us. Got some guests here today. We are glad you're here, too. My name's Ethan. I'm one of the ministers here. You are in the right place. We're going to have a good morning this morning. Uh, we're working through this series called Dumpster Diving. Uh, we are asking God to just uh, join us as we go through the trash and trust that God can do some pretty remarkable things. With those parts of our life that we thought were wasted and forgotten and destroyed. And God can find new life. God can, find, God can work miracles in the very parts of our lives that we thought um, were lost. And we're going to work on that uh, some today. Uh, but before I do that, I, I sort of have to address the Christmas tree in the room over here. Do you all notice this thing? Anybody already seen it? I know it's kind of, it's subtle. Over here? No, it's not. It's amazing. This is the most beautiful Christmas tree I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, we, you know, we knew you couldn't find Christmas trees this early, and so we called a guy who's got a Christmas tree farm. Uh, goes to the church here, and uh, we're like, "Hey, could you send over a Christmas tree?" And he sent this. Like, it's, I was going to have it on stage, but we'd get green stuff all over the roof. Uh, It's amazing. Um, And I will say, I love, I just love, I love Christmas trees. Uh, It's here um, uh, to remind us uh, that uh, we are getting ready for Christmas right now. Like, this, if we want this Christmas to be, to have the kind of spiritual impact God wants it to have, we've got to get ready for it Now. Um, Operation Christmas Child boxes are happening now. Uh, let's see. I asked Kathy Smith what I was supposed to say about them. Here's what she said. Boxes are available to take and fill and return no later than November 12th. We, we even have items you can use to fill the boxes if you need, if you need them. Uh, they were donated by Sanca to Starbucks and FCC Kids Camp. Um, These boxes are given to children around the world, uh, and with the box comes an invitation to a 12-week class to learn about Jesus, an opportunity to connect with a local church. Um, When you give a box, this is from Kathy Smith, is a direct quote, when you give a box, you give a child the chance to learn of Jesus and to change their life. So this is Operation Christmas Child Boxes, they're all due back November 12th. You can pick them up down in the atrium, grab a bunch, fill them up. The instructions are all in there. You'll figure it out. Uh, The other way that we are preparing for Christmas starting this week is uh, with uh, preparing for our services here. Um, Christmas is a big deal for us. Um, Number one, it's about Jesus. Maybe you didn't know that, but it is. It's about Jesus. Um, But beyond that, in addition to that, Um, We have discovered that the Christmas season is a time when our efforts as a church are multiplied. Um, It's a moment where our culture is just a little more open to questions of the ultimate and the story of Jesus than they are in other seasons of the year, and we plan to take advantage of that for God's kingdom. Um, So uh, this tree is up here to remind you, we need you right now to decide, to start deciding Who are we going to invite to Christmas services? And how are we in the two months between now and Christmas, how are we going to start to build that relationship? How are we going to begin to pray for that person so that when we make the ask, uh, they're spiritually open to being invited uh, to Christmas? This is also the time when we need people to jump in and join our Christmas serving teams. Uh, as you're walking about the church, you'll see, uh, see people out there wearing some uh, um, some Santa hats, you know, uh, and, um, and find those hats. That means they are ready to help you get connected to serve at Christmas. We've got lots of ways you can serve. You can help serve on our prep teams, either decorating the church or decorating the campus, or you can serve as part of our Christmas Eve team. We need hundreds of people to serve for that. So here it is. This is your gorgeous, magnificent reminder that uh, Christmas is around the corner. Who are you going to invite? Who are you going to pray for? And how are you going to serve to help us make, um, make Christmas what we think it needs to be for our mission and for God's purposes and to introduce people to Jesus, the reason for the season. All right, that's enough about Christmas. Uh, let's jump in uh, to dumpster diving. Although it is hard. Because that tree is gorgeous. I don't know, are, 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 are most of you all still on the live Christmas tree, you know, bandwagon? Have, I know, have some of you jumped ship to the artificial thing? That makes me so sad. It just breaks my heart. I love a live Christmas tree. I'm still very committed. Uh, we have arguments in my home sometime, but I'm very committed. Never one that big. Although, boy, I, I'm about ready to tear the ceiling off our living room just to put that thing in it. I love a lot. I mean, I, I know the arguments for an artificial Christmas tree, right? I, I get that, you know, over time it saves you money and and you can they have the pre-lit ones, you know, that you can just you just kind of plug it in and the whole, I, I know the arguments. I, I know somebody, they not only leave their Christmas tree pre-lit, they leave it pre-decorated and they just carry it into a guest bedroom and shut the door all year long and then they open the guest bedroom door, pull the tree out. It's, it's already decorated, they just plug the whole thing, the whole thing's whole thing I I know the arguments but there's something about it it smells like Christmas it looks like Christmas after the service if you want to just oh it's just it's amazing it's massive too there there is only one thing that I don't like about live Christmas trees I don't worry about the fire safety some people I don't care about fire safety who cares about fire safety I don't worry about that I, I don't worry about the money. It's worth it to me. I remember the first time I had to pay more than $50 for a Christmas tree. I was a little heartbroken, but I didn't hesitate. I was like, Betsy, we're just not going to eat for this month. It'll be fine. We're going to have ourselves a Christmas tree. You know? I don't worry about any of that. There's only one, well, I have one regret when it comes to what I so call real Christmas trees. I have one regret. They're, they're temporary. They, they don't last. You know, and I'm pretty careful. We got a big thing, and I replace the water, and I cut. I do everything you can. I'll leave them up to mid February sometimes, but at some point they they got to go. Now, because I love Christmas trees so much, I have actually learned how to make even that part of the Christmas tree process a joyful occasion. Uh, if you've never, uh, now safely under adult supervision, but if you have never seen a, a live Christmas tree after it's been dried out for a few months burn, you are missing something. It is amazing. It is a, it is a rocket of fire into the air. It's a, so I even make that part of it exciting. But that is my least favorite part, is that it's, It's temporary. And so when I look at a tree like that, even a tree of that radical magnificence, I get reminded about one of the most important lessons we can learn from God's Word. That we often fill up our lives with what is temporary. The things that end up just being tomorrow's Trash And the temporary things of the world can be so beautiful like that tree. They can be so appealing. The temporary things of the world can be magnificent and impressive and comforting. They can The temporary things of the world we can show off to our neighbors. But the temporary things of the world are temporary. That's the way it works. And our dumpsters of our lives, if we were to take God with us, hey, God, help us look through the dumpster of our life, the dumpsters of our lives would be filled with temporary things that we have over-invested in. In my house, we have a drawer of iPods and iPhones and iPads that we once paid serious cash for and now they don't work at all. We don't have the chargers, the screen is broken. When we bought them, they were so magnificent and so shiny and so temporary. This is now part of our culture. Uh, Planned obsolescence is part of the design strategy of our world. They build things on purpose, so that they won't last, so that we have to buy more things that were also designed not to last. We are literally buying tomorrow's trash. And then we wonder why our trash cans are so full. We're sort of like a, a toddler playing with a bubble you ever done that where you make the kid dip their hands in soapy water so that they can catch the bubble? And you can just watch a toddler just be mesmerized by the beauty of the swirls. And there's that moment where you think it will last forever, and you're like, I'm gonna get my camera out and take a picture. But it doesn't, the bubble pops. And then the toddler screams because they thought what was temporary was going to last. And you just explain, that's the way bubbles work. Bubbles pop. Bubbles only last for a second. They're beautiful for a second, but they don't last. But the toddler doesn't understand. We're like that, mesmerized by the most temporary of shiny things, and then it pops. And for many of us, this is a profound and deadly spiritual issue. First John writes this. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father but from the world. What's wrong with loving all the beautiful things in the world? They are, you know, bubbles are beautiful. Christmas trees are gorgeous. He, he tells us, the world and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of, the God, of God lives forever. And if you go dumpster diving with God, this question is going to come up. Because you will find in the dumpster of your life heaps and heaps and heaps of temporary things into which you invested countless hours that now have no meaning at all in your life. They were just shiny bubbles. As you sift through the dumpster of your life, at some point you may find yourself facing the question, what are you focused on are you focused on the world and its desires which pass away are you focused on what is temporary you know or what is eternal you'll need to god will want you to ask the question in fact god will ask the question for you what do you love He says, Do not love the world. If you love the world, you can't love the Father. What do you love? Is it the lust of your eyes, comfort, flesh, pleasure, power, significance? Is it the pride of life, social media influence, political control, wealth, job, position? Is it possible? that you have given your heart to temporary things? Just, Just consider the possibility for a second. Is it possible that you have given your heart, given your first affection, your first loyalty, your strongest commitments to things that are temporary rather than things that are eternal? Perhaps to an earthly nation, you know, which will pass away. Or to an earthly possession, which will be tomorrow's trash. Or an earthly pursuit, how, no, ma- no matter how noble, that will be forgotten in a decade or two. Or you've given your allegiance to an earthly pleasure that comforts in the moment, but like a toddler with a bubble is about to pop. Jesus had hard words for those of us who are distracted by the temporary. Uh, he He had a younger brother come to him once, Luke chapter 12. A younger brother comes to him and says, Teacher, tell my older brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus says, man, who appointed me to be a judge or arbiter between you? But you need to watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for life does not consist in what is temporary. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And then he tells a story. The ground of a certain rich man yielded abundant harvest, He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. He said, I know what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I will say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. And you can kind of understand the logic of the farmer, can't you? He says, he says uh, you know, a, a, a crop, that's temporary. But a barn filled with grain, that, that'll last, right? That'll keep. That is long-term storage. And Jesus says, your time scale isn't right. You've, you've forgotten what temporary means. God says, you fool this very night your life will be demanded of you then who gets the food in the barn and this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God this is how it will be Jesus says for those who have invested their life in what is temporary and not what is eternal, they will be surprised to discover they are a fool. I was a youth minister for a long time, and um, one of the one of the pieces of advice that uh, adults like to give to teenagers is they like to tell them, "You got to think long term," right? You gotta have a, a long term strategy. You've got to save some money. You've got to don't go into too much debt early in your life because that'll mess you up. Don't get credit card debt. Now, adults like to tell teenagers that they need to develop a long term approach to life. And they'll even say, if you only focus on what is temporary, you're a fool. Tell this to high school students, you know, the decisions you make now are going to affect you for the rest of your life. Don't just affect by what feels good, but what will actually set you up for success. You know, study more than you party, that sort of thing, right? And they'll tell the kids, if you only focus on what is temporary, you're a fool. The problem with most of that advice that adults give to teenagers is that the adults aren't thinking long-term enough either. They're saying to the teenager, don't just think about this weekend, think about the next 80 years of your life. What they've forgotten is that those 80 years of their life, compared to eternity, are nothing. Less than a weekend, compared to 80 years. The fool, Jesus says, is the one who is focused on what is temporary, instead of what is eternal What are you focused on? What are your priorities? How do you schedule your calendar? Parents, your kids know what's non-negotiable in your life. They have figured it out. And they also know what's non-negotiable for you in their life. They know what they can't skip. They know whether they can skip church to play soccer... Or skip soccer to go to church. They, they've figured that out. They've already got your number. You aren't fooling them. They know which of those two is non-negotiable for your family and your life. I'm just curious. Are the non-negotiables in your life the temporary things or the eternal things? If you take... God into the dumpster of your life, and He starts shifting through all the temporary treasures that turned out to just be tomorrow's trash. At some point, He's going to say, You need to turn from what is fleeting to what is forever. This is the encouragement Paul gives to Timothy. Timothy was a young preacher. And He says, Timothy, you need to give your people a different time frame by which to work. He says, Godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. And this is universally true when we dedicate our life to that which is temporary, we are walking into a trap. Because all of that will evaporate. He goes on, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith, pierced themselves with many griefs. But you, man of God, Flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. You see what he says? You, the solution to this is to untether your life from the temporary and pursue something eternal. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. This is the stunning thing about what Jesus has done for us in this world. It's no wonder. It's no wonder we build our lives on temporary things. That's all we have in the world is temporary things. The world and its desires will pass away. So if you're going to build your life on anything in the world, you will end up building it on temporary things. Build it on money, that'll be somebody else's money someday. Build it on land, that'll be somebody else's land someday. Build it on political power or cultural prestige, that'll be somebody else's power and somebody else's fame. If you build your life on anything in the world, it'll pass away. But we have another opportunity we have another way. He says, take hold of the eternal thing to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of millions. In the sight of God who gives life, eternal life to everything and of Christ Jesus who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you, keep this command. The command to flee the temporary and pursue the eternal. Keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal, who lives in unapproachable light, to whom no one has seen. or seen, to him be honor and might forever. Amen. And then he goes back. He gives, he tells Timothy what he wants him to preach. Paul's particularly worried, this temporary Thing, This grounding your life in the temporary, Paul's particularly worried about how easy this is for people who have wealth. He's especially concerned about how people who have wealth can build their life on what is temporary. And so he gives Timothy this instruction. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant and not to put their hope in wealth, which is so Temporary so uncertain, so fleeting, so here today, gone tomorrow, and nowhere in eternity. But instead, to put their hope in God, who richly provides for us with everything for our enjoyment, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Do you see the shift Paul invites from what is fleeting to what is forever? Paul says this shift is extra hard for people who have money. Because you got a little bit of money, you can buy a lot of bubbles, right? This is what we do for that toddler, right? What do we, we we know what we do, right? The toddler starts to scream. We don't sit down and talk to them about the fleeting nature of all the in the world. We don't pull out First John. What do we do? We blow another bubble, right? So make the tear, make the cry, the crying go away. Give them another bubble to play with. And Paul says that's what wealth can allow us to do. As soon as one temporary toy breaks, we can just buy another. And we can spend our whole life anchored in the temporary. When you set your goals for the year, when you set your goals for life, are they based in what is fleeting or forever? Your, your, your goals for your educational future? Is it based on what is fleeting or forever? You know, I want to finally get in double digits in golf, you know. I'd, really, I'd like to do that someday. You know, it's pretty impressive, I know. None of y'all can do it, I get it. But, uh, but that'd be pretty fun, right? Um, but even if I were to pull that off, I don't think anybody's going to remember that in 40 years. I know they won't remember in 1,000. I know that won't matter for eternity. What are your goals for the year? Are they based on things that are fleeting or forever? Parents, when you organize your children's lives, I just want to be clear, your kids already know what the organizing principle of your life is. You've already told them what the non-negotiable is. They've already figured it out. When the buck stops, when things conflict, what are we really about as a family? Are we really about earning money? Are we really about high school sports? Are we really about great grades? Or are we really about Jesus? Hey, I know they don't always conflict. Sometimes you can be all in for Jesus and be the star of the soccer team. I know they don't always conflict. But sometimes they do. And your kids know which you have decided is first. You could ask them. You might not even need to ask them. You might know what they know. You might know what they know. Uh, There's an old preacher trick, uh, and I need some help here. I think we have some people ready to come out and help me. There's an old preacher trick that um, when you've got a sermon that's super simple but really hard to do, you use a prop. Uh, That way people remember it. Uh, so I'm going to do this old preacher trick because you've already figured out my whole sermon. And I've got like five more minutes I've got to fill. So we're going to do a prop here. Oh, this is perfect. Thank you. This is great. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Awesome. Okay. Super. And I'll, I'll take this. I gotta, I'll, I'll finish it. All right. Awesome. All right. Super. Um, so we started out this sermon uh, with a, um, a pretty, uh, an idea that you might not have known. We said temporary the things are temporary. Remember that? We said that? I know, it blew your mind. I know, I know. Um, I want to end with another equally simple idea that you need to know. Uh, And that's this. Um, You can't climb two ladders all the way to the top. That's just the truth of it. I know, it looks like you could, right? It looks like it actually might be easier to climb two ladders than one, you know? Uh, You know, I I care about my career and I, I care about Jesus, yeah, you know, it be easy. Yeah, that's hard to climb two ladders. And, and in our house, um, we're building our house on, um, you know, travel, baseball, and church trips. You know, we, we're going to build it on, these are the two pillars on which our house is built. It's not, not that hard, you know. And, and for my future goal, I want to help people learn about Jesus and bring people into God's kingdom. And I want, you know, 100,000 Instagram followers. And, and, and you can do it, right? You can, it's, not, it's not that hard. But at some point, the, um, you're holding that, aren't you? Okay. <laughs> at, at some point, at some point, the, the ladders, they just start to get farther apart. And I am a little bit worried. I mean, I'm a little bit worried I'm going to fall, uh, although that will be memorable. So, you know, it's probably worth it. Um, I'm a little bit worried that some of us are fooling ourselves. Thinking that we can indefinitely build a life on two foundations. I'm a little worried about that. Um, this honestly doesn't feel very safe. and um, And it turns out it's it's not spiritually very safe either. You're going to have to pick a ladder. You can't climb two ladders all the way to the top. And, and that ladder, it ain't even going to be here in like five minutes, you know? I mean, man, life's so fast. And, and this ladder is going to stay. All right, I'm down and safe. Y'all can go. Thanks. Um, I, I love Christmas trees. I really do. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to still get one this year, you know. I love, I love bubbles, too. I love bubbles. And, and so many of the temporary things of the world are Beautiful. I like sunsets, you know. I like waterfalls after the rain, you know. So many of the temporary things of the world are are beautiful. And and even given to us as, as gifts from God. But they make a lousy foundation for life. They make a lousy goal for your life. And so if you and God were going through the dumpster, filled with temporary treasures that became tomorrow's trash, what would it be? What is the temporary thing you're chasing that is preventing you from chasing something eternal? Maybe you know. Maybe some life goal has entered, you didn't even notice, but somewhere along the line your goal shifted and your goal became something that you know is totally temporary. Never going to matter. Won't matter when you die, won't matter. 50 years after that. Maybe it's your family and the way you're organizing your family. You are building your family around temporary things. Your whole schedule is based off stuff that it's not even going to matter. You know, your kid's not playing baseball after college. They're just not. And it won't matter. What's the foundation? It'd be cool if I could climb two ladders. If I'd gone up like two more, that'd been pretty awesome, wouldn't it? Um, But I went as far as I could go. I practiced That's as far as I can go. All these beautiful things, Christmas trees and bubbles, careers and political parties and nations and wealth, all these pretty things, but they're just temporary. And you want a foundation on things that will last. Let me pray for you. God, build our lives on solid rock. Confront us a little bit right now, God. May we be spiritually confronted by the ways that we have built our life on temporary things. The ways that our dumpsters would be just full with yesterday's treasures, tomorrow's trash. And we need to be called to reinvest and reengage in things that are eternal. Lord God, we pray this, we ask this.